I do have a serious question to start this out. Where did Noah keep the honeybees? Serious question. Anyone know? No guesses. The archives. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Not a serious question, but you know. Okay, for real though, we're going to talk about salvation this morning. Of course, if you've been to Stillwater Bible Church uh, at all, uh, you, you know that there are three types, at least, of salvation. Uh, we have a past tense type of salvation, which you were saved, salvation, uh, eternal life salvation. Present tense salvation, you're currently being saved, otherwise known as sanctification, so during the Christian life. And future tense, will be saved, physical salvation in the uh, or called glorification. So, but we're going to focus on the eternal life salvation this morning. So, growing up for me, and possibly for some of you, church was like this. Salvation was always the, the end game or the, the goal of, of, uh, of everything that we did, you know, salvation, salvation, salvation. So, it was like it was a race, life was a race to be saved. So every day it was, you know, let's get people saved. Let's, do, let's make sure you're saved. And um, every summer trip to an unnamed Christian Bible camp, um, I remember people coming in every year. I, I was saved again. And, of course, we laugh at that, but that, that happened a lot. You know, I got saved again. That, that's what I wanted. So, you know, and, of course, you can't be saved again. So, but, um, <clears throat> so it wasn't until I was about 21 years old, about 2001, you know, a long time ago, so that um, someone taught me the clear grace message, and of course, that was JB. Um, so if this is you, though, you know, ra being raised about salvation and salvation and salvation being, you know, basically the, in, the, the goal of, of church, of the Christian life, you're not alone. Um, uh, on the serious side of things, it can affect you for many years for many reasons, um, even after you've understood what the truth is. So what are the different views of salvation? <clears throat> of course, there's salvation is obtained at the moment of faith in the Messiah. That's, that's, of course, what we teach. That's what we believe the Scripture says. It's very clear. Uh, there's there's several, several passages we can go over, but just because of time, we, we, if you want to go to the website, there's actually a huge list of verses and passages you can go to that, uh, that explains uh, salvation by faith and so forth. Um, so the present tense, uh, oh, by the way, let me start with the verse. Uh, so the John 5.24 is sort of our uh, theme passage for this. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. John 5.24. So the word for has there, the has eternal life, the Greek word is echo, e, e, well, I'm not going to spell it, but it sounds like echo. Um, it's the present tense, and it literally means to, to hold or to possess something. So again, he who, be, who hears my word and believes him who sent me has or is holding or is possessing right then eternal life, not later, not will possess, you know. And of course, the second has in there, has passed out of death into life, um, is a past tense word. 
and it's to depart or to remove. So you could say it as, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me possesses right now eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has already passed out of death into life, not something that will happen later. So uh, growing up in church, for me, it was like, uh, I might get eternal life, or I might pass out of death into life. You know, you always wondered, you didn't really know for sure. So another view of this is that salvation is obtained at the sheep and goat judgment. I've never really heard this that much, but it's apparently a view because of Matthew 25, 46, where it says, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Like, oh, now we find out where we go. But that's kind of a, that's splitting hairs there. So, um, and another view is that salvation is likely decided at death, which I can't find anything scripturally that really fits this, because, um, but it's more of a, hey, let's, let's fit this into our um, theology for different reasons, which we'll talk about. So you, but you can't really know for sure if you're saved is really one of the most common views, which is the one I experienced in growing up, and my wife as well. We'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about my wife a little bit, so not make her, not to put her on the spot, but I just did, so. All right, so what are the results of this, this lie? I'm just going to call it a lie. So you have no assurance of eternal life if you don't know if you're saved. Okay, that's just common sense. You can't, if you don't know if you're saved, you're not going to have assurance that you're saved, and therefore it's always going to be something on your mind. So, um, and of course, assurance, the word assurance means the understanding of our security in Christ. Well, what is our security in Christ? Security simply means um, that we are safe, we're held, we're protected. So if we don't have assurance of our security, we don't know if we are safe or held or protected. Um, But the truth is we are secure, but we don't have assurance if we don't know if we're saved. So we also have no peace. And of course, I'll I'll point, I I immediately think of Philippians 4.7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, you could say in the peace of God, which makes no sense at all, in this world we live in, that we can have peace, uh, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense to us, but we do have peace. So that's Philippians 4.7. We also have a uh, constant fear of eternal judgment if we don't have assurance. You know, we ask ourselves, am I saved? Am I really saved? Things like that. Have I, have, was I ever really saved or uh, was I ever saved at all? Am, am I good enough? to be saved, you know, that's the kind of questions we ask us when we don't have that assurance. And then what, one, of the, one of the worst things about it, and I believe this is a tool of the enemy, but our self takes priority over others. We worry more about our own salvation and no one else, okay? We become very selfish because we're always thinking about, am I really saved? Well, I better do good all the time or I'm not saved. Meanwhile, all these people around us are not hearing the gospel or the, the, the truth. So it's always about me, 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 you know. If you have kids, you know what that sounds like. So I've got two little boys, so it's always that. Um, and then works, of course, takes a priority. If, if I don't know if I'm saved, I better do good enough to make sure I'm saved, but then you still don't know if you're saved. So, you know, what can I do for me instead of what can I do for Jesus and for others? So, 
And uh, so basically, the results of the, we'll just call it a, a heresy, the results of this are this lie are all just really bad, okay? So if you don't have that assurance, if salvation is the, the one thing you're looking forward to, and that's, that's your goal, then you're going to be miserable, and you're, you're going to put yourself above others, and you're, you're going to make works a priority over grace through faith and so forth. So, so what is the truth? Well, of course we know, and uh, like I said, there's, there's, uh, if, I, I've got a bunch of verses here, but we really don't have time to go over them. If you've been at Stillwater Bible for any length of time, you, um, one thing we try to make clear is, of course, the grace message, uh, grace through faith. Um, salvation is a gift by faith, uh, by grace through faith. So, um, John five twenty four, of course, Ephesians two eight nine. Ephesians two eight nine is one of my favorites because it's just super clear. It points it out. Bam, bam, bam. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. Nothing you can do. Have, uh, it is the gift of God, something that you're given freely, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast or say, "Hey, I did this." All right, so John 3.16, of course, Acts 16.31. There's a whole bunch of verses that go over this, but we won't cover all of those right now. So, All right, so does Jesus tell us to make sure people have eternal life? Or does he tell us to do something else? Right before he leaves, the Great Commission, what does he tell us? Um, Right before he sends, does he say, you know, go, go, there, go ye therefore and make believers, right? Is that what he says? No, he says make disciples. So what is a disciple? Well, disciples are believers. By the way, the Great Commission is Matthew 28, 19, where it says to make disciples as you are going. The emphasis is to make disciples, not believers, and not going. It's to make disciples. So disciples are believers who give their lives to, to Christ, Okay. So when you become a believer, you're not a disciple yet, all right? Makes sense? Um, but if you're a disciple, you've been a believer. You're, you're already a believer. So there is a difference between the two. Um, disciples are always believers, but believers are not always disciples. So because eternal life costs us nothing, but it did cost God everything, his son. So but discipleship, of course, costs us everything. So eternal life costs us nothing. Discipleship costs us everything. So how do people usually respond to this, this message? Of course, we've heard this a lot probably if you've talked to anyone about it. Well, you're making it too easy by telling people that it's just through faith. It's too easy. Well, the truth is, Jesus made it too easy. Jesus did all the work for us. Okay, Jesus makes it easy. Um, if we have to make it, if, if, if we have to do anything, any of that work, then we're taking away from Christ did, to, did for us. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. So we are made for good works. So we shouldn't just, you know, people say, well, you're making it too easy because if you tell people that, well, you're saved by grace through faith, then they're just going to sin. Well, they shouldn't. They might, but they, we don't tell people they should do that. As a Christian, as a believer in Christ, you shouldn't want to sin anymore. Um, not to say you don't. That, that happens, right? But, but we shouldn't lie to people and say that salvation isn't grace through faith just so they won't sin. That's, that's, that's heresy. So <clears throat> don't lie to people to fit your, 
your, you know, corrupt theology, basically. All right. Well, we could say that people don't deserve eternal life. Well, have you ever heard people say that? Well, that person did a lot of bad stuff. I don't really deserve it. Or, or we may have thought of it. I, I know I have many years in my life. Uh, just, you know, you see someone that's done something horrible, uh, unthinkable, and you go, well, they don't deserve to, you know, do, and then that's when we, we, we you know, who, who does deserve it? Surely I don't by saying, oh, well, they don't deserve eternal life, but that's, do I? No, no one does. That's why Jesus made it easy so that we could all put our faith in him. So um, there, there's, there's some people in the scripture we could, if, if someone's ever said that, well, who deserves eternal life? You could say, well, Moses didn't. He murdered a guy. He was, uh, when he was 80 years old, he was still wanted for murder. Um, Jacob, schemer, con artist, and then the nation of Israel was named after him. Uh, Elijah, Jeremiah, the other, the other one. Uh, subject to fits of depression, of course, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar actually wrote Daniel 4. If you read Daniel 4, um, it's a testimony of Nebuchadnezzar. And if you read that to the very end, you'll go, wow, I wonder if he's actually saved, because it looks like he's believing in the right God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, really good friends with Daniel. You know, I'm sure Daniel rubbed off on him a bit. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar probably thought a lot about differently later in life about, about this God that his friend Daniel worshipped. So um, Hosea couldn't keep his marriage together. Amos was a farmer with no ministry training. Yet all these people were used and probably didn't deserve what they got. But um, the the point is, and of course, of course, you look at Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, persecuted the church, was always in jail. You know, um, so nobody deserves eternal life. Which brings me to the prodigal son, which is one of my favorite stories because it gives us sort of a, a very uh, subtle but obvious uh, illustration here about um, this, this son who had fallen out of his fellowship with his father. And of course, he didn't deserve to come back to his father. Uh, stories, of course, in Luke 15. And of course, the son says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. How many of us have said that? Yeah, right? So, <clears throat> that, Lord, I don't deserve anything, but, and then he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But, and then there's a contrast here, the, that, that word is great because it says there's something better here, different here. The father said to his slaves, bring out the best robe and put it on him, put it on the ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring out the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine, he didn't say this guy that was my son, no, he was still his son. He didn't lose his sonship, basically. He was dead and came to life again. He was lost and has been found, and they begin to celebrate. So, so what's the point of all this? So, <clears throat> if anyone here has, has been raised that way, where, you know, I was 21 years old when I finally realized that, oh, I've been saved for 20, you know, 15, I was saved when I was very young, but I didn't know it. And uh, I spent most of my youth worried about myself, okay? So... So what we can get out of this is understanding that salvation or eternal life is just the beginning. The Christian life is really where you could say the fun stuff happens or the, uh, the work begins, you could say. 
Um, there's no work to get eternal life. That's just the beginning. But then, you know, later on after that, your, your Christian life is where all the work is. So very short and sweet. I'm going to get you guys out of here a little early. But applications here, let's see. You can know you have eternal life. Um, and if you want to write a verse out there, 1 John 5.13, pretty obvious one, says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may hope that you eventually get eternal life, right? No, it says that you may know that you have, not will obtain, eternal life. Again, so that you may know you have eternal life. Jesus did all the work for you. There's no works you can do to satisfy him or obtain anything from him. Um, but in discipleship, in the Christian life, your good works are, are uh, you'll, you'll be rewarded for those later because you already have eternal life. It's just what will your rewards be later on. Um, you can do absolutely nothing to earn God's favor. And if you want to write Isaiah 64, 6 out there, that's a good one to point. You can't do anything to make God happy, basically, or well, to, to get anything from God, such as eternal life or, 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 or you know. yeah, so. Um, and of course, make disciples, not believers. By making disciples, you already have a believer. You know, so step one, obviously, um, your, your job isn't to get them to believe, but your job is to tell them the gospel message when they choose to believe or uh, eventually, um, you know, if they do, then you then discipleship begins. So step one is make make a believer. They have eternal life. Congratulations. Um, now, now the real work starts. Okay. And of course, you need to understand that eternal life is the beginning of the Christian life, not the end. So again, year for years, I thought that eternal life was the. I find out one of these days, you know, when I die or something, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be standing there with you know, my hands like this and go, so did I do good? You know, did, did I get it? But, you know, I didn't realize I had it for so long already. 